Hello and welcome to Kundra's Coffee Break, the podcast that improves your events business one coffee break at a time. I'm Ed, a magician from the UK, and I'll be here weekly with freshly brewed ideas and opinions on magic performance and business. Fellow magicians and curious souls, welcome to another episode of the Conjurer's Coffee Break podcast. Today we're diving into a potentially controversial topic. Why does magic seem to attract poor performers? And what can we do about it? Before we kick things off, let me clarify something really important. I am not suggesting that all magicians are bad performers. Far from it. We have a world full of skilled professional magicians who are pushing the boundaries of our art form and regularly astound us and the general public with their performances. However, there are, to me, what seems to be a high number of what we might call mediocre performers in magic. And to be super clear, I'm not talking about beginners here. I've mentioned several times that it's right that people learning magic start performing as soon as possible. And of course, that's not going to be great to begin with. But magicians seem to stop learning. They seem to settle for what works, rather than trying to improve further. Of course, other art forms have their poor performers too, but it seems disproportionate to me. As ever, maybe you disagree with me. And you can let me know in the comments section of the blog post that accompanies this podcast. For now, though... I'll look through a few contributing factors that I've noticed. Firstly, while doing magic well takes years of practice, study and performance, this is something that we all know, it does have a very low barrier of entry to get started and to start getting some success. Some simple close-up or cabaret magic tricks can be learned with a few household or cheap-to-buy props, a book, and a YouTube video. Let's say you start with a trick deck. Within 10 minutes you can be performing a miracle. Compare that with something like music where the first time you start playing an instrument you can hear immediately that you're not very good. It's obvious to you that it's going to take more practice up front before you can start performing that violin concerto or that flute recital. A related point is that Music, drama and even circus have established schools and training courses. It's possible to study a three-year university degree in each of those. Magic, though, is mostly self-taught. That seems to encourage people to assess their own ability. And often we'll tell ourselves we're better than we are. I think that's because magic can be a mask for poor performance skills. Unlike other performing arts, such as singing or dancing... The performer can hide behind the mystery and the intrigue of the trick. People will say, wow, how did you do that? Or, I didn't see anything. And the person thinks that they're a great magician. So they stop trying to improve. They think, I've cracked it. I am so good at this already. I don't want that for the listeners of this podcast. Remember that there's always something that you can improve on. As I've mentioned in other episodes, one way to do that is to collaborate with other magicians, rather than what is often the case, which is a magician learning solely by themselves. Lastly, and this is point four or five, but they all seem to have run into each other, there is often a lack of critical feedback in magic. 
family members, friends, or even audience members can be so enchanted by the trick itself that they often overlook any shortcomings in the performance. As I've said, the focus is often on how you did it rather than how well you did it. This is something I'm often bringing up to my magic students and mentees. I say, great, you did the trick and it worked, but what about the presentation? Was the bit where you were dealing out the cards boring? And how could we make that part of the process more interesting? Or I might say something like, do you think people really believe you have an invisible dice? And if not, are you going to reference that this is a little bit silly? Or are you just going to give them a real dice? Or could you simply ask them to think of a number between one and six? That speeds things up, and then you can get on to the next part of the routine. There's lots of factors that combine to make this environment where poor performers can flourish, or at least go unnoticed. But let's try to talk about some of the solutions. What can we do to prevent it? First off, we can raise the bar. If you're a practicing magician and you're listening to this, you should strive to elevate your craft. Don't settle for good enough or what works. Really hate it when magicians say, I just do what works. It's not about what works, but what is the most magical, the most entertaining. Even if that means putting in more effort to learn a harder move or do a trick that takes longer to set up. And how many magicians have taken acting classes or practiced public speaking? I learnt, am learning, a second language so that I can connect with people better at my shows. I'm going to talk more about that in the future. But just know that magic is not just about the trick. It's also about the performance. Secondly, we could foster a culture of constructive feedback within the magic community. Remember, constructive feedback is a gift. We should all be ready to give and all be eager to receive. We're all on this journey together, seeking to improve and enhance our craft. I hope. But too many times we see a magician's performance and when they ask, what did you think about that? We say, oh yeah, it was great. Because we don't want to offend them. But maybe we should feel comfortable critiquing each other's work. And maybe as magicians, we should be receptive to that feedback. In short, don't take the hump. I know that in my case, I've often had feedback from magicians and I've thought, oh, I'm not sure if I agree with that. But later, thinking about it and reflecting, I've thought, actually, they were right. And it has caused a change in my performance. One thing that you can do today or this week as your thinking homework is to try and come up with how you might give honest feedback to somebody without offending them. Here's a place to begin. I like to balance my feedback by saying, That bit worked really well. But if you're doing this trick again, you might want to consider dot dot dot. So I give them a positive and then something more constructive. And here's another thing that I often do if I don't know the person very well, I will just ask them. You can say something like, would you mind if I tell you something I noticed about your performance? I hope it's going to be constructive for you. If they say no, Well, they said no, and that person is closed to improving. You can't really do much about that. Hopefully, because they've listened to this podcast, they'll say yes, and they'll be happy to take on some feedback that can help them to improve. And lastly, and this is the big one that one person can't really do alone, but we should encourage more formal education in magic. I would love to see a 
magic university degree i think there might be some that have happened before i don't know maybe you will let me know in the comments but i'd like to see some more formal training magic schools magic universities and in the more informal education the workshops and the camps that some of you might be putting on for schools and young people or even for adults we should emphasize performance skills alongside the trick mechanics by doing so, we can make sure that the next generation of magicians are not only masters of fooling people, but are also fantastic performers. I really hope today's topic has been interesting to you and given you something to think about. You know that I like my sayings, and the one that kicked this off is a saying that I both love for its accuracy and hate for its accuracy. If you can't sing, dance or act, do a magic trick. For the reasons I've mentioned, magic seems to create a lot of lazy performers. But let's challenge ourselves to elevate our magic away from a party trick and more towards an art form. Whether you're a magic professional, an enthusiast, or even just a casual observer, we've all got a part to play in shaping the magic world and ensuring it's a place where skill, creativity, and artistry are celebrated. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening today. As ever, you can find all the episodes at edsumner.com slash magicians. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and share them with your friends. Thanks again, and I'll speak to you next week.